Today, obviously, is the great feast of the Epiphany of the Lord, and it's a celebration of that uh, appearance of the Lord to the Magi, their journey to go and find Christ the Lord. But we can also say that Epiphany is a celebration of God revealing himself to humanity. And he's done this not just in the person of Jesus Christ, but all throughout human history. Think of all the ways that God spoke to his people in the Old Testament, through the prophets, the judges, the kings, through scripture itself. We can even say in particular in the Psalms. But all of these ways that God spoke to his people in the Old Testament, each and every one of them reaches their fulfillment in the person of Jesus Christ. We as Catholics believe that Jesus Christ is the fullness of divine revelation. There is no greater way that God could ever reveal himself to us than in the person of Jesus Christ. And so we know that there is nothing coming down the pike, if you will, that will be greater or different than what God has revealed through his Son. Because we know that God can't do any better than reveal his Son to us. And in the celebration of the Epiphany, Christ is revealed to the world. He's revealed to the entire universe, not just to the Holy Family as we celebrated last week, and not just to the people of Israel. He is revealed to the entire world. As I said, there are a lot of different ways that God revealed himself to his people in the Old Testament. And most of the time when these things happen, it provoked fear on the parts of the people. Because at that time, they feared that if they saw God, they would die. That God was so magnificent, he was so glorious, that they would sort of just be swallowed up into his greatness and into his majesty, that we, in our imperfect humanity, would not be able to handle it. Those of you who have seen the movie Raiders of the Lost Ark, at the very end of the movie, the guy getting his face melted off looking at the Ark of the Covenant, that was sort of what they envisioned would happen to them with the cheesy 80s animation and all. That's what the people thought would happen if they saw God, that they would literally just die right then and there out of the glory and the majesty of who God was. We even see this in Moses that Moses was given this great privilege of talking with God in the meeting tent. But even when he did that, he veiled his face so he would not have to look directly at God lest he die. And when he came down from the mountain after receiving the Ten Commandments, his face was glowing with light. And the people were sort of afraid for him and for themselves. They were afraid, like, oh my goodness, Moses has seen God, he's going to die, or we're looking at something far greater than we ever could, so we're in trouble too. That was what they thought about how God revealed himself to them. The people were scared, almost, of seeing God. But gradually, over time, through the course of the Old Testament, God reveals himself more and more to his people, obviously reaching its peak in the person of Jesus Christ. And Jesus is obviously significant in many, many ways, but if we look at him particularly through the lens of divine revelation, he's very significant, in fact. 
Because Jesus allows us to look at God without fear. He allows us to look at God without fear of death. But we can look at God without fearing our faces will be melted off. And Isaiah even alludes to this in our first reading that we just heard, saying that we will be radiant at what we see, foreshadowing this time where people will come and venerate God in Jerusalem, and that it will be a glorious thing for us to behold. Not something that we should be afraid of, not something that we should fear, but something that we should look forward to with great anticipation, something that would be radiant for all of us. He's talking about a day where we would be able to behold God, where we would be able to see Him just as we see each other right now. And so Jesus Christ came to give God the Father a human face. He came to make God accessible, if you will, or at least more accessible than what he might have been. And this is so significant because Jesus is so much greater than any way that God had revealed himself in the Old Covenant. Far more greater than the Ark of the Covenant, that thing that the Israelites were told not to look at lest they die. He is far greater than all of that, and yet we can see him. We can behold him with our eyes. God makes himself accessible in Christ. And we celebrate that accessibility in the epiphany of our Lord. But that appearance to the wise men is also significant for another reason, in that those wise men were foreigners. They were not members of the covenants. They were not members of the people of Israel. They came from a far-off land to venerate and worship Jesus. And Matthew really emphasizes the wise men in his gospel. Luke's gospel has Jesus appearing to the shepherds. He doesn't even mention the wise men at all. Matthew mentions the wise men because he wants to show that God is making himself visible he is revealing himself and he is making himself accessible to people, even not those in Israel. And previously, all throughout human history, God had chosen to reveal himself to a single people, a singular race, a singular group of people. And, you know, after all, we were called sons of Abraham. It was all coming from Abraham. It was that one group of people. That was the only way that someone could encounter God. It was through blood. It was through lineage, through genealogy. It was only through that line, if you will, that God would reveal himself to you. But this story of the Magi journeying to Jesus paints a quite different picture. It paints a picture that God's kingdom is not restricted to heredity, but extends to the entire world. Now, the only way to enter into the kingdom isn't through bloodlines, it's through baptism and faith. That is the way that we enter into the covenant, the way we enter into that kingdom. It's not one singular people, it is the entire world. And the gateway to that is baptism and faith. As our psalm today says, Lord, every nation on earth will adore you. Not just one, not just one people, but every people, every tribe, every tongue. The entire world would receive the gospel. And one of the people who understood this quite well was St. Paul, who writes to the Ephesians today that the Gentiles are co-heirs, co-partners, members of the same body, partners in the Spirit. 
There was a great debate in the early church whether or not the Gentiles had to first become Jewish in order to become Christian. And Paul was very much against this, saying, no, the Gentiles can be brought into the faith. They can be members of the body of Christ. Paul is known as the apostle to the Gentiles. And that mission to the Gentiles that Paul undertook throughout his entire life begins today in the Epiphany. Those wise men were the very first Gentiles to approach and venerate Jesus, to enter into the body of Christ through faith. The first of many, thankfully. So today God is raising the bar when it comes to revelation and revealing himself to the world, not just using middlemen, but sending us his son. And not just appearing to one people, but to the entire world. And today in particular, we are grateful that it extends to us, because not many of us have Jewish ancestry. We are invited to be co-heirs with Christ. And we are also particularly blessed to have God accessible to us too in the Eucharist. God, even after the person of Jesus Christ, would make himself even a little bit more accessible to us as food. Where we can behold him with our eyes and receive him as nourishment in our bodies. So today, let us, at this Mass in particular, behold Him in the Eucharist. And know that as we look at the Eucharist, we are beholding God, the greatest thing we could ever lay our eyes on. And with our hearts and eyes wide open, let us celebrate God revealing Himself to the wise men. And thank God for making Himself accessible to all.